right, so I just got the crazy owls. Crazy owl. Yeah, that they said stupid hot, owl. eat at your own risk. Jeez, dude. Nervous? No. Here I am at Fat Mike's Hot Chicken in downtown Winter Garden, Florida. It's amazing that this brand new restaurant decided to open in the middle of a pandemic. But what's perhaps even more impressive is the popularity of hot chicken, which started in Nashville. What'd you, what sauce did you get? Medium. I got medium. Okay. No, I was going to be dumb on the last one. We'll explain more of what hot chicken is in the episode, but know this, it's not the same thing as buffalo chicken. It has its own uniquely Nashville taste. All right, put on your boots and grab a hot chicken sandwich because this is a Destination Rewind and we are headed to Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. Welcome, students of travel. This is Stevie G, and you're listening to DBE. Guys, I would love to hear from you. I want to make a rewind and review episode where Cameron and I answer any questions you have about our adventures in Iowa, the Smokies, Omaha, Iceland, Ireland, or Nashville. If you have any questions, comments, or travel tips after listening to these Destination Rewinds, shoot them over to dbetravel1 at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. In your message, let us know your name and where you're from for a chance to have your question or comment addressed on an episode. Again, you can participate by emailing us at dbetravel1 at gmail.com or shoot us a message on one of our socials. All right, are you guys ready for Nashville? One last thing before we dive in. I invite you to go to dbetravel.com where we have our Nashville itinerary posted so you can follow us along our Nashville adventure. You and I have taken some really cool trips. You love telling stories. Oh, yeah, just doing it all over again for all of our other trips. Yeah, we should be down for it. Yeah, man, no problem. Let's do it. You're listening to a Destination Rewind with Stevie G and Cameron. All right, we are back to do another Destination Rewind, our final Destination Rewind of this series. And where are we, Cam? We're headed up to Nashville, Tennessee. ha And listen, saddle, get your bootstrapped up, get saddled up for this one. Put them spurs on. <laughs> look, this is we did the most out of any destination here in Nashville, and I think uh, you're going to enjoy all the uh, attractions and sites that we get to see around the town. Yeah, we had some experiences and excited to share them with you. All right, so let's flash back to Saturday, June 22nd for day one. Day one. We arrive at the Nashville airport. Cameron, any thoughts, impressions of the airport? Nashville Airport was very, very busy. 
there were a lot of people coming in and out. And I think the way that they separated the different terminals was really well done. And there was a lot of different food options, which kind of breathed into the culture of Nashville, that it was a lot of different diverse options. And the baggage claim and ticketing area was separated pretty well. And the signage was really good because I was looking around for where to go and it was easy to find. So I appreciated that. Good. So we're off to a good start, right? Airport's good. Good impression. Yeah, solid airport. All right, so we get in our rental car, and the first place we go is right to downtown Nashville to see what the town is all about. And you and I were pretty hungry, and so we decided to check out a place called The Gulch, uh, which is a nice area in downtown Nashville with trend-setting restaurants and some hip shops. And we ended up grabbing lunch at Burger Republic. There were so many lunch options. The multitude of restaurants down there was fantastic. And right away, the first thing that I saw was Burger Republic because it stood out to me that it kind of sounded like a clothing shop, but it also had burgers. Like so, Banana Republic, but then yeah, Burger exa- Republic. So that my first thought was like designer burgers. Sounds great. And that's kind of what it was. I mean, they yeah, had honestly. some craft burgers and uh, so a, a, some good selection of beer. And uh, it was a nice uh, first meal in Nashville. Yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable meal. No, nothing crazy that I would have you know and the nice thing too is if you weren't in a mood for burgers there like you were saying there's so many options um you know craft neat different kinds of uh, food options that you can pick from in the area yeah and then after lunch as we were getting ready to head back to uh check into our hotel i noticed right away that when people talk about nashville being equivalent with bachelorette parties they're absolutely not kidding at all. I was blown away by the frequency of bachelorette parties. When I say over the course of this trip, I saw over 80, I'm not even exaggerating. Honest to God, there were bachelorette parties everywhere in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, they stuck out right away because they're all wearing, you know, the matching shirts mm-hmm. with uh, yeah. something clever written on it. You know, I think another thing too is brunch is another big thing in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Especially in the Gulch area. So mm. you throw in things like country music, brunch, you know, they got Broadway, which is a pretty lit scene. Um, that's things that are going to appeal to a lot of bachelorettes and bachelorette parties. So after checking out downtown Nashville and the Gulch, we made our way back to, well, we made our way to our hotel, which was the Wingate by Wyndham at the Nashville airport and uh, solid hotel, right? Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Just normal hotel. I mean, you know, Wyndham's a solid name, so you can expect uh, really a reliable brand and a reliable stay when you're staying with Wyndham. So after kicking our feet up for a little bit at the hotel, uh, we got in an Uber and made our way to Hattie B's. Now Hattie B's does hot chicken, which is a popular phenomenon in Nashville. Cameron, what is hot chicken for the people out there? Beautiful question, Steve. Thanks for asking it. Um, I also was not aware that Nashville was home to hot chicken. I I typically didn't think of that when I thought of Nashville. So I was very uh, impressed by their hot chicken, so to speak. So we went to Hattie B's, and I would say that the difference, we were we posed the question in the office last week about buffalo, like a buffalo chicken. Buffalo chicken, yeah, versus, versus like hot chicken. Mm-hmm. And I would say the main difference there is that hot chicken is more of a dry heat, mm-hmm. and then buffalo chicken is more of a wet heat. So like a little bit messier, a little more sauce. Right. And then I think the hot chicken is more of a dry rub kind of spices thing. Yeah, a little little spice action in there. Um, so we ended up standing in line. Uh, and this was a popular thing too. I noticed at different restaurants, it, 
like especially the places that you didn't really sit down at you kind of grab your food and it was quicker there was a lot of lines like out the door and hattie b's was the same thing we we pulled up and had to stand in line and kind of snaked our way through and um so we get to the the register right and i'm usually pretty good with hot foods and i'm looking at the thing and i'm like okay i probably don't want to get the very hottest hot chicken option so i got the second one uh called damn hot this it was called damn hot chicken and uh, i got it on a sandwich and i was like i should be able to down this no problem i'll get a little extra water just in case and uh what did, do you remember what you got yeah, I looked at the least hot chicken and added up a step from there. So oh. I don't know what it was, but... It we do it hot. a little opposite then. Yeah, oh yeah. So we're at our seats, and Stevie's eyeing up the sandwich, acting all tough and hard. And I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that I couldn't do it. Um, and a pickle kind of fell out of a sandwich. He went ahead and tasted that pickle and just had a little bit of the flavor on it. And from that taste alone, he knew that this was going to be a difficult sandwich. Yeah. But he and, still played it up like he was this big tough guy with spices. Yeah. And uh, wow, I I had honestly no idea what the food actually tasted like because my mouth was on fire the entire time. And I only made it about like 60% through that sandwich and I called it. I said, I can't finish it, man. Oh, it was hysterical because after the second bite, this dude was actually in tears at the table eating. It was hysterical. Not laughing tears, like... Just, it's so freaking hot, tears. Like, he didn't enjoy any aspect of the sandwich. But mine, which was a much milder version, was absolutely fantastic. It tasted great. You get fries with it or coleslaw? Do you remember what you got as your sides? I think coleslaw, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good, uh, like the sides were. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Like I said, I have no <laughs> idea what the sandwich actually tasted like. Um. Anyways, Hattie B's is one of the premier known hot chicken places. And the other places, uh, the other place that's referenced by a lot of people to get hot chicken in nashville is called prince's and we did not get the chance to go to prince's but i've heard nothing but good things about prince's as well definitely on the next trip you gotta stop by prince's because so many people told us about it so after a scrumptious uh well for you delicious hot chicken very filling appetizing absolutely for me like a teary mess yeah just like a breakup i uh we we got outside and we took some scooters and this was our first scooter experience in Nashville. Yeah, this blew my mind just walking around. It looked like people just left their scooters everywhere and we finally realized you could just walk up and use the Uber app and rent an electric scooter to roll around the town in. Now, this is a little more common now. You're going to you start, you know, finding scooters more in major cities. Uh but think about it. This is 2019 uh in June. And so the scooter trend really hasn't swept the nation yet. So this was, like I said, our first time trying out scooters, and we had a great time. Yeah, they go up to like 15 miles an hour, so you can really get around places. And the cost was, what, like 15 cents a mile or something? Yeah, something pretty easy. Yeah, it's not too bad on the budget, for real. So we get on these scooters, and we make our way from Hattie B's to Broadway, which, you know, you'll hear Broadway referenced a lot in country songs and people talk about Broadway. It's the iconic street in downtown Nashville with a lot of bars, restaurants, just fun. Honky tonks. Honky tonks. Yeah. So that's where a lot of stuff is going on. And this is a Saturday. And so it's pretty, it's pretty bumping. We scoot scooted all the way from Hattie B's on the far side to Broadway, which was actually a lot further than we realized when we first got on the scooter 
But after we got there, we just set our scooters down, started walking around, checking it out. And we walked out to our first place, which was... Kid Rock's Big Honky Tonk and Steakhouse. And I say Kid Rock, you'll notice a lot of things. Like there's a Florida Georgia bar there too. And an Alan Jackson. Yep, Jason Aldean. A lot of these names, a lot of these people have some kind of ownership or their names associated with these bars. So we did go to Kid Rock's Big Honky Tonk and Steakhouse. And for me, like it was pretty loud there was a band bumping on the second floor and you know it was packed to the brim you could hardly move and there was it was quite an atmosphere yeah i mean it's your typical like i wouldn't say club scene but bar scene a lot of people and a lot of mixed ages too with people yeah there are a lot of older groups like in their 50s and 60s right and something i want to mention too is we were both wearing our boots at this time we had boots and uh we were totally in place if you got boots anywhere in Nashville, really, you don't worry about standing out. You will look completely normal if you're wearing boots. So after getting a drink or two at Kid Rock's uh, Big Honky Tonk and Steakhouse, we made our way to Nashville Underground, which is another bar along Broadway. And there we met up with our friend Kayla. Big shout out to Kayla. Yeah, with Kayla from high school. And she'd actually been coming up to Vanderbilt for the past couple of years. So she kind of became our local tour guide showing us everything. Yeah, so we went to Underground. And uh, my favorite thing at Underground was the bull riding, the mechanical bull that they had there. Yes. That was pretty fun. Um, I'm pretty sure I won that one, like, you know, time-wise on the bull. Yeah, I mean, compared to all the other drunks, for sure. Yeah. I I will say this, like, the one secret to it is, like, you should be wearing jorts, not jeans, because... Your, your jeans are like slippery on, on the bull, so it's easier to get kicked off once it gets going. But it's completely safe, and mm-hmm. it's a fun thing to do on a Saturday night in Broadway. Yeah, I really like this place. Uh, the first, It, it was kind of like a tiered uh, place. So the first level of it was where they had a band, and it was kind of open uh, seating. With, a little more, more chill, a little relaxed, a little definitely. bit. Like a nice entry to what's going to happen. Yep. As you go up. And there were a bunch of people, but not too many people where it was really crowded, and it wasn't too loud. And the bar was easily accessible. So then you go to the second floor and they had the bull riding there and another bar and more tables and seating and stuff and obviously music. And then the last floor that we ended up going to, I think we skipped a couple, but it was like up on top, kind of like a rooftop patio where they had just a big dance floor and bumping music. And you could look out over the entire city. It was beautiful. Yep. Different levels. So there was uh, something for everybody there. I feel like if you're more chill, you go down to the lower levels. If you want to have more of a fun time, I guess, more dancing and stuff like that, go higher in Nashville Underground. So after that, we made our way to one final bar on the Strip, and that was Acme's Feed and Seed. And that was, I mean, kind of sort of the same thing, a little different, but again, it had different layers, uh, different themes as you went up the floors, and some cool photo ops at the top uh, when you could look out kind of over the city. Yeah, really great photo op. And we can actually post that one on our Facebook page of you and I over Broadway from that spot. In fact, I would call that a good Instagram moment. Oh, yeah. This is a DBE Instagram moment. Oh, and mind you guys, this was an entire night. And we only hit three bars down at one section of Broadway. So there is so much to do down there. Yeah, a lot of different options. I mean, a lot of it's kind of the same, but they're all different. They have their unique themes. Um, Obviously, you're going to find a lot of country music. It's Nashville, and that's what it is. But yeah, Yeah. I I had a good time at the bars that we went to. I think that's the coolest part about it, because everywhere you go has some live musician playing that, 
I mean, a lot of people start their music careers in Nashville performing in those bars. So absolutely. to fall in the same footsteps and to see talent that may become famous one day. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much talent in that town. And to your point, though, a lot of people, you know, they go to Nashville and they don't make it necessarily. But, you know, they're still very, very talented people. And you'll find music uh, definitely at every corner in Nashville. So after checking out Acme's Feed and Seed, we did one more thing. Kayla was like, you guys have to get some grub at cookout before you go to bed. Oh, so, yes. So we got on our scooters and we scoot scooted out to cookout. And Cameron, can you explain cookout a little bit? Oh, yeah. No, I'll take this one. Cookout is the premier fast food place on the planet. You can challenge me on this. That's fine. Because for $5, I can get chicken nuggets, a corn dog, a cheeseburger, a side of fries, a drink, and whatever else I feel like adding to that. And I don't know about all of them, but I know this one was open very late. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, we got a very late night snack and then uh, Ubered on back to the hotel. And that was it for day number one. Yep. Day two. Okie doke. We are on to day number two. So we kind of slept in a little bit, took it easy. And uh, we went back to the Gulch to get some uh, brunch. And I don't remember exactly where we got brunch at. Somebody had recommended Biscuit Love to us. And uh, we we did want to go check that out. But as we drove past, uh, the line was absolutely way too long for us to even consider going in. Yeah, we're not big uh, line guys, more line dancers. Absolutely. So we didn't go into Biscuit Love, but... Um, you know, a lot of people did recommend it, and it looked like a cool brunchy place. After walking around the gulch and grabbing some brunch, we went to our first official, like, Nashville attraction, I would say. And this was the Bell Mead Plantation. Now, let me give you a little history on the Bell Mead Plantation. A man by the name of John Harding bought a small cabin and some land and turned it into a place where he could board and train horses. A couple famous horses included Bonnie Scotland, who has an incredible lineage, and another horse named Iroquois, who was a famous thoroughbred. He was born in the U.S., dominated U.S. racing, and then sent to England. And he was the first American-bred thoroughbred to win the Epsom Derby in England, which was a huge deal. And, you know, no one would dream of an American horse dominating in England. So that was pretty cool to learn about all the, the horses and the history there. Absolutely. So much history there. And even if you don't like history, I mean, maybe just skip the tour. But the grounds themselves are beautiful. And there's horses out there. There's tons of stuff to walk around and take pictures in. You're under these massive trees that have been around for centuries. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And if you take the tour, even if you're not a history person, if you're a wine person, you'll like it. Because they do a wine tasting at the end of the tour. They do. Uh, sampling some wines made near or at the actual plantation, which I thought was very cool and very classy. Again, feeling classy. Anytime you're drinking wine, you're feeling classy, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, this is also a good opportunity to get your kids to learn something about history as well because they also had games and ice cream. So you can kind of mix history with fun there if you wanted to try that with your family. Yeah, you and I did a game of croquet. Oh, we did? Yeah, that was your first time, wasn't it? That was my first time croqueting, and uh, I, I lost pretty bad, but... It was cool hitting the wickets or whatever they call them. Sure. I, I don't know the terminology. I just know how to play it. <laughs> that was pretty fun. So that was it for the Bellmead Plantation. Uh, our next stop, you know, I just needed a, some Tennessee brew. You know what I mean? 
I'm a big beer guy. I love local beers and trying out local beers. So I was like, Cameron, there's this place called Tennessee Brew Works, and I would love to check it out. So he was down for it, and so we made our way over there. So we got some food there. I know I got a pulled pork sandwich and a, a great ice cold beer. So it was a good experience. And uh, this place was neat because it had a, it was two stories and upstairs had like an extended outdoor area where you could kind of sit outside, enjoy a beer, enjoy your food. Uh, they had a band playing downstairs, which was really cool. And they were very talented as many, many bands, like I said earlier, in Nashville are. So it was a nice way to kind of begin our evening and we were pretty tired so we just kind of went back to the hotel and chilled for the rest of the time day three all right we are on to day number three so at this time the uh, women's world cup was actually going on and uh today was the round of 16 between usa and spain so i was like cam let's go check out you know the game at some place where we can watch it downtown and you were down for it. So we went to a place called the Corner Pub downtown where they had big TVs and we watched the Women's World Cup game where USA defeated Spain in the round of 16 by winning 2-1. to one. Yeah, when you say big TVs, I think a lot of people out there are probably thinking of their local Chili's. Not the case. This was an entire wall, maybe like 100 foot. Yeah. Honestly, it was huge. They had projected on the wall. Yeah, it was massive. If you're going to watch a football game, uh, you know, if the Titans are playing and you're a local from Nashville oh, and you, definitely. you couldn't go to the game, go to the Corner Pub and check it out because they have solid food and uh, big TVs. And literally, you won't miss a single thing from the game because it's huge. So after the Corner Pub downtown, we did something pretty cool. We hopped on the Old Town Trolley, which drove us around some of the really historic and iconic places in Nashville, including a place called the Parthenon. Constructed in 1897, the Parthenon in Nashville was built as an identical replica to the famous Parthenon in Greece. Music Row, home of many record companies and music studios, and other neat stops around the town. This is probably one of my favorite things to do in new cities, like especially historic cities. Uh, like St. Augustine and Savannah, for example, also have Old Town trolleys. If you can do this in a city when you get there, absolutely do. Because you get the feel for the city, you, you go around the area, and you hear about the history, which then you can later experience. It's an awesome time. Yeah, and we learned a lot. I learned a lot, at least, about you know Nashville and its history and some of the neat places to check out around town. After taking the Old Town trolley, we, had, we just kind of wanted to scoot scoot around the town some more because... We love these scooters and uh, there was so much to see in Nashville. So we, you know, drove past a couple uh, stops around town, including the state capitol, uh, Centennial Park, and just, you know, random other cool places downtown. Yeah, it was a great area to scoot scoot. And you could just say the word scoot scoot. So that was a win in and of itself. Major, major win. Yeah. So when you go to Nashville, highly, highly, highly recommend taking a scooter anywhere and everywhere you can. If nothing else, just drive it around the city. It's a great way to see the sights, and it's super cost-efficient too. And I'm actually going to drop a uh, fun personal fact about myself. I was so inspired after taking you know a ride on these scooters that I actually purchased my own scooter that I ride to work every day because I live pretty close to work. And so I actually, because of Nashville, I now own my own scooter. 
Every single day, he gets on his electric scooter and comes into the office with it every single day. Um, yeah, so after we scoot-scooted around, we were kind of hungry, and there was a more popular area with some shops and restaurants and stuff, and so we were like, let's go get dinner at Joe's Crab Shack. We needed some good seafood. I mean, as far as chains go, I think Joe's does a really good job staying consistent with its quality of food, whether it's on the coast or not. Um, obviously, I think you're always going to have fresher seafood on the coast because it has less time away from the water. But Joe's is a good job. It's a good atmosphere. People are super friendly in there, the staff. And I don't think Nashville is any exception. Yeah. And what's nice about this Joe's is, like I said, it's near some um, shops and things to do and some honky tonks around the area. So it's not a far walk from those things. So uh, after Joe's, we went back to the Wingate by Wyndham Nashville Airport and we got some shut eye. And that was it. For day number three. Day four. So we're on to day number four. Now we slept in a little bit. We didn't rush, you know, kind of taking it all in because we were in Nashville for a few more days. And so we woke up a little later and made our way to a place that a lot of people recommended. And this uh, was the Nashville Farmers Market where we got some delicious lunch. So the Nashville Farmer's Market is located inside of Centennial Park. Quick correction, it's actually right outside of Bicentennial Park. It's a little confusing. In Nashville, there's a Centennial Park and there's a Bicentennial Capital Mall State Park, often just called Bicentennial Park. Anytime we reference Centennial Park in this episode, we're actually referring to Bicentennial Park. Which is easily accessible by scooter so definitely get there that way and the food was very diverse this place was really cool be careful when you're going around lunchtime because a lot of the people that work downtown head down here for lunch at least that's what we found out in our experience but they had every single kind of food i mean there was indian jamaican japanese chinese uh, american they had an ice cream place so you had a whole bunch of uh, food options for lunch they even had an outside market with a whole bunch of vegetables and fruits and whatnot. Um, really cool place. Great for lunch. Definitely recommend. It's great. You know, these food halls are kind of, you know, becoming more and more prominent in cities across the country. And this one in particular was just nice. You had so many options. Like Cam was uh, referencing, just be careful. It does get busy during the lunch hours. Um, you know, a lot of people from downtown make their way out to get a sandwich or whatever um, or a coffee. And, you know, it's it can be pretty busy. But uh, it was really enjoyable and lots of options. And uh, there's something for everybody in your family, no matter if you have a picky eater or whatever. And like Cameron was was saying, if you're a local, you can go outside and get some fruits and vegetables and and take that home with you too. So after the farmer's market, we took a nice easy walk to the Tennessee State Capitol where they do a free guided tour. And we learned about Tennessee and Nashville history and some of the political figures in Tennessee. A quick background, uh, the Capitol building was designed by William Strickland, who is actually buried in the north facade of the building. And I thought they did a great job with their guided tour. The guided tour was really informative. The young lady that gave us our guided tour took us into all the aspects of the Capitol building that we were allowed to go into and was very, very knowledgeable. I was pretty surprised, actually. I know that's her job but 
She did a great job. She went above and beyond providing extra information. She was really passionate about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she was. She really had a passion for this history. It was neat because, you know, as somebody not from Nashville and not from Tennessee, I'm not well-versed on Tennessee history, political history. So it was neat to get a perspective um, on some of the, the big things that happened actually in the Capitol building um, since its humble beginnings. And I know it's one of the oldest active state capitol buildings in the united states right their lawmakers are there and actually do work inside of it and so to be able to see where people would write and discuss and you know talk politics that was fascinating and you know highly recommend it because it's actually free it's free to the public these guided tours so and on top of that it's the capitol on the hill has a fantastic view at the top of it all right well after checking out uh the tennessee state capitol we made our way to a really famous spot in Nashville. I'm sure you guys have all heard of it. And that's the Grand Ole Opry. And this was still in the early afternoon, I would say. So we actually got there and we didn't go to a show right away. We did a backstage tour, which was really cool because we got to see the dressing rooms and get some of the history and learn about some of the Opry members and some of the performers that have been there through the years and it was it was just so cool to see and be there that was an awesome awesome experience being a fan of both country music and history you have to see the Grand Old Opry and especially take the tour if you're going to go there you might as well because you learn so much you see things that that nobody else gets to see just by going to the show and then to be able to go to a show later that night and see it all come together I mean it really is beautiful so after a solid tour of the Grand Old Opry area we actually had some free time and went to the opry mills mall which is really close to the grand Ole opry and has all of course shopping and dining and you know things that you can check out so we just walked around the mall for a little bit uh i thought it was a really nice mall with a lot of things to do and see it's a mall at the end of the day it's still a dope mall they got a lot of really cool stuff so check it out if you got free time while you're at the Grand Old Opry. A couple of things that i remember about the mall is there was a couple western wear places and that's another thing too Oh my, there were so many options and places to buy boots in Nashville. You remember that? Like, yeah. Even like in downtown Nashville too. If you go to Nashville without boots, you can absolutely get them there. But the part that really impressed me about this area was where we went for dinner. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And that was the uh, Opry Backstage Grill. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? So your server would take turns on a stage or performing or walking around performing while also taking order and bringing out food. None of them were bad at all. They were all very talented, all deserved uh, to have that time on stage to perform for you. And it was nice to get that country feel before you actually, if you're going to go to the Opry like we actually ended up doing. It was a nice, you know, prequel to the country music that you're going to see at the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, one thought that kind of ran through my mind is they must have it coordinated really well. You know, if a server's going to take some time out of their shift to go sing a couple songs, like... Someone has to kind of cover, things like that. So uh, really cool to see these people perform, and uh, it was an enjoyable experience for me. So finally, we arrived at the Grand Ole Opry for a show. If you're an artist in the country music world, performing at the Opry is probably one of, if not the highest honor you can have. We stood in line, made our way in, sat down, and enjoyed an incredible show that featured artists representing different areas of country music. I think when I was listening to it, one of the things that stood out was the diversity between each one of the acts that they had. Yeah, it was. you had a really good mix of up-and-comers, 
uh, people who had been established already at the Opry, and then people who are notable, right? So let me go through the list of performers that were actually there. Uh, we saw Riders in the Sky, who did some uh, work actually for Toy Story. Right, they did that the song. Yep. We saw Charlie Crockett, who I want to talk about a little bit later. Probably one of my new favorites. One of our fa- our favorite, actually, for yeah. sure. Uh, Jeannie Seeley, who was an Opry legend. Eddie Montgomery from the, the band uh, Montgomery's Gentry. Gentry. He was really cool to watch. An up-and-comer from Maine, of all places, uh, named Kaylee Shore. Oh, she was fantastic. I loved her. You know, it's cool, too. She's from Maine. You don't think country music Maine, but right, yeah. it was cool. It was really cool to see her. Um, then you had Aaron Watson, who was a Texan, and a, a, you know a lot of people who enjoy country music, especially the Western style, will know who Aaron Watson is. Uh, then you have Home Free, who are one of those acapella bands. You know, it's so impressive to me how these people are able to do percussive things and and all that with their vocals and still have those tight harmonies i think it's really neat and then uh the night was capped off with dustin lynch who is pretty pretty big in the country world right now sure is yeah cam we kind of mentioned how charlie crockett was our favorite do you want to kind of go in depth and onto why that is yeah well first thing that stuck out to me was um my childhood hero growing up was davy crockett i used to love to watch the movies i had the chance to go to the alamo and just the story of davy crockett is such an intriguing one for a young man. And come to find out, Charlie Crockett is actually distantly related to Davy Crockett. So right then and there, he checked that box for me. And his sound is unlike anything I hear nowadays. It's it's old-timey country music, but with a modern twist, sort of. It's not, it's not really a modern twist, but... You know, I would describe his music as timeless. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's nice. He, he he came out and he opened with a song called The Valley, oh, which yes. at the time we didn't know, but we had, we did some Google research yeah. after the fact, and that was all about his actual life. Oh, I liked him during the performance. I loved him after the performance. He was so genuine. Like He wrote about what actually happened to him, and he was just a real person, you could tell. Yeah. He's not like flashy. He doesn't go to try out and you know like put on a huge show for everybody to see. He just tells, sings a song and tells it the way it is, and... Is just a cool guy from Texas. Really cool from San Benito, Texas. From San Benito, Texas, which is right there in the song The Valley. Yeah, if you haven't heard Charlie Crockett's story, I 100% encourage you to go look it up and listen to his song The Valley. It is insane what this dude went through to get to where he is today. He has quite the journey. And I actually want to make a tie here, Cameron, to Europe because we were recently, as you knew in our last podcast, in Ireland, right, where we got to see some buskers. Charlie Crockett actually was doing some street performing in the United States, and we learned through some research that he actually went to France and did some busking in France as well before he came back and kind of made it bigger. So that was cool to have that connection. Um, One thing I want to mention too about the Opry for anybody who hasn't been to it, it's set up like a radio show. So you have a host who kind of explains the artist coming out. They do about three songs back to back to back with a house band and maybe a few other instrumentalists that they bring along. And then they uh, go to the next artist and kind of explain the next artist. So it's a really neat flow, something super unique, something you won't see really anywhere else with that caliber of uh, musicians in the country world. I feel like it was definitely a a one of a kind experience because in the same way, I like to eat at places where I have multiple food options. I realized that's kind of why concerts sort of don't appeal to me because I kind of get tired of the same thing. So this is perfect where you can hear two to three songs from a whole bunch of different artists that all have different feels 
and it just kept me engaged the entire time. I really enjoyed it. So the show actually started at seven. So by the time it ended, it was, you know, fairly late and we just wanted to get to bed and look forward to day five. So we drove home from the Opry and uh, got some Z's and then uh, that was it for day four. Thank you guys for listening to Nashville part one. I want to give a few shout outs first to Fat Mike's Hot Chicken in Winter Garden, Florida. Go check them out. It's a great place. And where else can you enjoy some Nashville heat and the Florida sun? Also, I want to give a shout out to Charlie Crockett. Go give him a listen and check out his story at charliecrockett.com. I have some exciting news about DBE. We are now on Snapchat. Give me a follow at DBE Travel. As always, every follow on our socials and five-star reviews are incredibly appreciated. One final reminder, send in those questions and comments about the Destination Rewinds to dbetravel1 at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Let us know your name and where you're from and your question or comment will have the chance to make it on an episode in the near future. All right, guys, that's all I got. Have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.